week, you would know that we say that Sunday is only one day. We believe that following after Jesus, being a Christian, is not just about a Sunday morning service. It's a Monday through Sunday kind of thing. Because we see Jesus living this open invitation life. And we believe that we're called to also. And if you were here last Sunday and you're here today, then you probably answered the second question that we asked as well, which was, can you go again? And we read that story from John 21 of Jesus speaking to his disciples saying, cast out the net on the other side after they'd caught no fish. And we brought it into our current context today and said, can we go again? If we fished all night, can we go one more time? Can we cast that net out onto the other side? Because we know that if there's still more fish in the sea, still more love to give, still more hope to traffic, then no amount of shame, rejection, or pain can stop our King Jesus. Amen? Why? Why do we care about all of this? Because we believe that people are our heart. At Eastlake, our heart is for all people because all people are loved by Jesus. And we say this last week, and I'll say it again. We'll probably say it next week. We make no apologies for being specifically focused on reaching those who are far from God because we desire to bring the lost home at all costs. And we believe that our light that we have because of our hope and faith in Jesus is best shone in the dark. So if you are new to church, if you're just checking out this Jesus thing, or if you've been a Christian for a long, long time, we want you to know you are welcome here. In fact, there is an open invitation. It's coming up on the screen now, probably. A plus one. I thought it was up there already. Sorry, Melly. There's a plus one standing, unconditional, open invitation for you. Everyone turn to the person next to you and say, plus one. I finished last week with this scripture from Matthew 28. Oh, is that my trophy that I won the other week? I finished last week. Sorry. Uh, if you need the context, we'll watch a couple weeks back. Um, but in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, we finished off last Sunday with this scripture. Some people call it the Great Commission, where it says that all authority in heaven and on earth, has been given to me, Jesus speaking. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. What does that tell me? tells me that when I go through the storms of life, like this year of 2020, what's Jesus' promise? That He is with me always. When I hit those success mountaintop moments of life, what's Jesus' promise? That He is with me always. When I invite that person along to church and they come and they actually like it and they discover that real life that we have found through our hope in Jesus, What's his promise? I am with you always. When you go to your neighbor and you invite them to the Christmas service and they laugh at you and start teasing Christians, what is Jesus' promise? I am with you always to the very end 
of the age. This morning, as we head towards Christmas and we talk about living this open invitation life, I want to talk to you about this idea of an everyday gift. An everyday gift. But before we get into it, can we pray? Let's do it. Dear Lord, we welcome you into this place right now. I ask, Lord God, that you would speak through me in this moment, that it would be your word that settles on people's hearts and that we would be open to see you move, to hear you speak, and Lord, to receive your almighty power. In Jesus' name, amen. What is the problem with this scripture, though? I am with you always till the very end of age. If you know the context, it's one of the last things that Jesus said before he left and ascended into heaven. So what did Jesus mean when he said that I am with you always? Well, if you look at John 14, it's a, from another letter by another one of his followers, but from an earlier time, we read this in verse 15. It says, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Everyone say forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. Who is this other advocate? This spirit of truth? Well, in church, we call it Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit from Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And because it's Christmas, I thought it best that we talk about these things in church that we call gifts of the Spirit. Is that cool? Can we do that together? Maybe you've never heard of them and you're like, Josh, why did you ask me to invite someone to church today and start talking about these weird things like gifts of the Spirit? Let me just tell you, gifts of the Spirit represents the power that you have by faith in Jesus. It's the power that we have to live above the circumstances that we're encountering, but also the power that we have to bring heaven to earth by His Spirit. So we're excited to talk about it? What are the spiritual gifts? Let's start with what they're not. Because we get confused in church. In Romans 12, Paul talks about this another set of gifts. They're called the motivational gifts. They're basically the makeup of who we are. He says, if you're an encourager, encourage. If you're good at making money, give generously. If you're good at teaching, then teach well. And he talks about all these things that are about our makeup, but these gifts are not the gifts we're talking about today. And then we go to Romans 4, or Ephesians 4, sorry, and Paul again talks about another set of gifts. We call these the ascension gifts or the fivefold ministry gifts. You'll notice in the scripture it says, verse 11, and he gave some, everyone say some. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. These are gifts of people that Jesus gave for service to the church. These gifts are not the gifts we're talking about today. Matthew 2, verse 11. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These gifts are the Christmas gifts. And they are not the gifts we're talking about today, although I do like to talk about gifts because I love receiving them at Christmas time. I just got to let you know, if you're new to our church, you'll hear it every Christmas. 
I love gifts. But you know, I am quite fulfilled this morning. These gifts are not the gifts we're talking about today. What are we talking about? 1 Corinthians 12, Paul again, he describes these gifts. And why are we exploring them? Because you'll see right up front at the start of this passage, as we look at it in the message translation, Paul describing that people get confused and he doesn't want us to be uninformed. It says, what I want to talk about now is the various ways God's spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood, but I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Remember how you were when you didn't know God, led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everybody else did it. It's different in this life. Everyone say it's different. God wants us to use our intelligence to seek to understand as well as we can. For instance, by using your heads, you know perfectly well that the Spirit of God would never prompt anyone to say, Jesus be damned. Nor would anyone be inclined to say, Jesus is master, without the insight of the Holy Spirit. God's various gifts, here we are, are handed out everywhere. But they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere. But they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various expressions of power are are in action everywhere. But God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. Wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out one by one by the one Spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. He decides who gets what and when. At the beginning of that chapter, Paul, he addresses what I call the elephant in the room, probably then and probably right now as well. For some of you, you might be sitting there, like I said before, and going, This is kind of weird. This is a little bit unusual. What is he talking about? Things that would see the future and talk in different languages. And I'm sorry if you've been exposed to weird before. But we aren't weirdos in this church. We believe that we are called to be naturally supernatural. Because that's how Jesus walked this earth. You didn't see people going, oh, Jesus... Watch out for that guy. They flocked to him. He couldn't stop them coming to him. He walked the streets. He lived his life eating dinner with anyone, welcoming them them into where he was and going to where they were. He lived a life that was naturally supernatural. And we're called to live that way as well. The volume of your voice doesn't dictate how spiritual you are. (laughs) The words that you use don't dictate how spiritual you are. Amen? It's about being naturally supernatural. So what is in our arsenal? 
Paul, he lists off nine gifts of the Spirit. But I got to tell you right up front, we can't put Holy Spirit in a box and say this is all he can do. But certainly this list is pretty impressive. Can we go through it together? I thought we'd go line by line and look at each of these gifts and what they mean. And the first of them is healing. Now, this is pretty profound. I don't know if you know what healing means, but it's when you are sick and you need healing. Nana appreciated that. But you know, no one is said to have the gift of healing in Scripture. We'll look at that in a sec. Faith is not the same as our normal saving faith. It's a specific faith for a specific time and purpose, a supernatural gift of faith. Third one's miracles. Literally means to change the laws of nature. Water into wine. Walking on water. Then you've got discerning of spirits. Paul used this one in Acts 16 when this young girl spoke truth to Paul about who Jesus was, but he discerned that there was an evil spirit behind her. Now, if the purpose wasn't just to expose and judge her, discerning is about discerning the spirit behind words, people, or actions. It's not, I just discerned that Uh, You're all out for your own glory, Owen. (laughs) No, that's called insecurity. The next one, tongues. Now, there's a couple different forms of tongues, and I think it might be valuable to break it down. Can we do that? We have tongues as the evidence of baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is where it starts getting quite complex, but powerful also. And if you want to check out a message, I remember Dad preached a couple years ago. It'll be on our podcast, an incredible message breaking that down. But the basic difference here between the tongues is the purpose. So these tongues are for building up ourselves. The best way to describe it is something like a heavenly language. When you come to the end of yourself, maybe in prayer to God, that the Spirit would speak and advocate on your behalf. It's about building, edifying up the self. And the second tongues that this Bible talks about is in tongues of interpretation. It goes pair in pair with interpretation. And Paul recognized that it was a little bit unclear, and he gives clear instructions on doing it in an orderly fashion and for the building up of the church. The difference between the tongues is purpose, building self or building up the church. But let me be clear, it is not, essential to your salvation, but it is incredibly powerful and shouldn't be dismissed. That's why Paul said, do not forbid the speaking of tongues. He just came with some guidelines around it. Have we got through it? Next one, wisdom. It's not being wise. Like faith, it's this supernatural wisdom for a specific place, time, or or purpose. It's like that idea that's way too good to be your own. It must have been Holy Spirit. Word of knowledge, the supernatural knowing of facts. We see it with Jesus, with the woman at the well. And now you don't have to know these stories, by the way. You can explore them for yourself in the Bible. But there's this moment where this woman came to a well where Jesus was. And in that moment, he described everything that was happening in her life without even knowing her until that point. But again, the purpose of the gift was not to expose her. You see, this gift of 
words of knowledge, it always partners with another gift because what do you do with it? It's not about exposing people, it's about love and restoration. And the last one on the list, list, prophecy. Prophecy is about comforting, encouraging, strengthening others. It's the only gift that Paul says to earnestly desire above all else, even Christmas gifts. Holy Spirit's desire is to speak to people, to bring comfort, to bring strengthening, to bring encouragement. And we get to be that voice. Holy Spirit needs you. This community needs the voice of comfort, strengthening, and encouragement now more than ever before. Amen? Now, I thought it would be fun to play a little game. So under each of your seats you'll find a Uno card. Except if you're sitting on the back two rows or this front row right here. They were $7 a pack. I could only afford two, so I was short by about 15. It's a lucky draw. It's taped just under the front of your seat via blue tack. Now, oftentimes when it comes to the spiritual gifts or gifts of the Spirit, people think it's like they're handed out like a deck of cards. Everyone that's got a yellow card, hold it up and wave it at me. You guys have all got the gift of healing. So if you're sick, sit next to those ones. Who's got the red card? Red cards, you guys have all got the gift of wisdom. (laughs) There's wives going, no, 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 wrong card for you. Who's got to draw four? Ooh, Toby, specially gifted, my friend. You got all four gifts. Woo! Skip card? Who's got one of those? Yeah, God skipped you. (laughs) Who's got plus two? Ooh, you got double of the gift. Now, we're having fun here, but honestly, there has been theology areas of the church where this is how the gifts work that you were just born with a certain gift, that you have the gift of healing. But like we said before, no one in Scripture is said to have the gift of healing, right? So what is it all about? Why do some people seem to operate in that gift more? Probably because they keep putting themselves in the right place for the right purpose and are calling on God to use them. But the reality this morning as we explore the facts that Paul gave us here, he said that, The gifts belong to Holy Spirit. They are distributed by Holy Spirit for a specific time, place, and purpose. He decides who gets what and when. If you were to walk away today with one thought, it would be this. You don't have the gifts. You have Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit has all the gifts. I like to picture it. Like this, my favorite childhood pen. I always dreamt that I could have one. I found out this week they're only worth 37 cents. I can't understand why my mum wouldn't have purchased me one. You see, these spiritual gifts, they're less about hands that you are dealt. And they're more like this pen. Whereby your faith and trust that you have placed in Jesus, He's given you His Holy Spirit, which has all of the gifts. 
You don't have the gifts. You have Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit has all the gifts. All. Not some. We don't need to say, oh, that's the person with the gift of wisdom. They may be gifted with wisdom in that moment or over a period of time. But it doesn't mean that you aren't also. Or you can't be also. Here is my question though. It's awesome to know all about this. And we've kind of had a school lesson this morning when it comes to Holy Spirit. And the message has been slightly different. But my question is, are we seeing the gifts of the Spirit? See, Paul in another translation, he said, each one of us is given the manifestation of the gift. That word manifestation in the original text was this word phanerosis, which meant showing forth. Meaning, are we seeing the gifts working in our lives, in our church, and through us? Because if Holy Spirit is presence, present and the gifts are also, then we should be seeing and feeling the work of the Spirit. Are you calling on Holy Spirit to work through your life? Are you placing yourself in a place for a specific purpose where you can't help but rely on Holy Spirit to get you through. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be opened. Gifts in verse 4 of this chapter that Paul wrote is translated from the Greek charismata. And charis meaning grace. They're grace gifts. They're free gifts. We can't work for them. We can't earn them like a badge of honor. As much as you want, you can walk out with that Uno card this morning, but that doesn't label you because it's Holy Spirit on the inside of you, not the gift. So what has this got anything to do with plus one and living an open invitation life? I think it's got everything to do with it because as you go this morning, as you go into your week, as you work up the boldness and the courage to tell someone about your faith or invite them to church, you don't go alone. You go with Holy Spirit on the inside of you so that when you feel like you're gonna be rejected, it is He that is your advocate and your strength. When you don't know the words of, to say, maybe it's Holy Spirit that would speak through you. When you encounter someone that needs healing, a word from God or a wisdom, to navigate a situation. It's not you on your own. Jesus said, I am with you always to the very end of the age because as we place our faith in Him, His Spirit comes in to us. You are not alone. You have an everyday gift. It's not meant just for Sunday. It's meant for Monday all the way through to Sunday. And it's all about purpose. You see, when Paul wrote about these gifts in chapter 12, he finishes it off by saying, but now I wanna lay out a far better way for you. And then he moves directly into chapter 13, which if you know is titled The Way of Love. And I wish that these chapters weren't celebrate, separated because it's clear that the purpose of the gifts is love and Holy Spirit needs your arms, your legs, your voice to bring love 
into our community, to traffic hope into our city and into the lives of others around you. It's not by your strength, but by His might and His power and His name and according to His sacrifice. The challenge today is the same as every Sunday this month. Take an invite, be bold, be courageous, invite someone to church, use every opportunity. And when you get stuck, when you get rejected, when you don't know what to do, remember, Holy Spirit is with you and you are not alone. Maybe for you this morning, you're like, that's awesome. I learned a little bit about what you Christians believe, but I'm not even sure if I believe in this whole Jesus thing. This message, we're talking about open invitation and, and inviting people to church and sharing our faith, but it applies to you too. Because that promise of Holy Spirit from John 14 that would be with you forever is available to you this morning. If you would place your faith in Jesus and invite Him into your life as advocate, as comforter, as saviour, forgiver of your sins. It's a free gift of grace. It's not behave and be saved, it's believe and receive. And so as we bow our heads this morning, I do want to give the opportunity to anyone that wants to invite Jesus into their life. When we talk about inviting Jesus into our life, that's the power that we're talking about. Jesus said that in this life, we will have trouble. He didn't say you're gonna live this smooth and rosy life from this point forward, but He did promise His Spirit that would be with you to strengthen you and allow you to live above those circumstances. So if, you, if that's you this morning, I'd just love if you could put up your hand for me. I'd love to pray with you and the church will pray with you together. I'm gonna give you that moment to do that right now. If you're watching online, we just ask that you place your hand on your heart as a symbol of that decision and pray along with us as well. Awesome. Let's pray, church. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me and lead me onto your path. Fill me with your spirit as I declare that you are my Savior and my King. In Jesus' mighty name.